0: What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff?
1: That Getting was back at me for earlier. <laughs> for, well, because when we... So ladies and another, there's an, a new episode of the Dance and Stuff show on YouTube that'll be coming out. And when we began that... Uh, and we sang the song. Reed picked a pitch that I had to really shriek for at the end. Shriek. So I decided. So much
0: has happened today already. So, so much. So but it's it a Halloween. A, it's it's our,
1: Halloween our Halloween episode, and and you can feel excited knowing that it's going to come. You know, I forgot that Halloween existed.
0: happens. And I
1: always forget about it because look at me. Every day is Halloween. Every day is Halloween. I Jack am literally. I just someone just took a photo of with me, and I looked at it, and I was like, I am the ghastly hollows. I'm really just getting mm-hmm. paler and paler. Is that a
0: phrase from Harry Potter?
1: I think it's one of the movies, The Ghastly Hollows. I don't
0: think that's right. Yeah, it is. The Deathly Hallows.
1: I think it's called Ghastly Hollows. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Pooter, and the Ghastly <laughs> Hallows. Um, I, uh, I have seen, I went and saw three plays in the last week. Wow. Can you imagine? Three plays.
0: That sounds torture.
1: Um, only the first one was, which uh (laughs) was it's the new Adam Rapp play called The Sound Inside. I love Mary Louise Parker, she's great. I think Rap
0: writes plays.
1: So well there's Anthony Rapp, who's Adam's brother. Okay. And Adam Rapp is a playwright. Years ago he wrote a play I loved called Now That's What I Call a Storm, I believe. Um uh, oh, and, I was hoping uh, you were going to say
0: it was called The Faces from the Other Side of the Table.
1: Nope. I'm just going to you another. That is, uh, that's, uh, that'll be, you'll perhaps you'll see that. When you get to watch the Dance and Stuff show on YouTube, we're just going to keep plugging that. But um, this play is on Broadway. And uh, I think if Mary Louise Parker had done the whole thing as a monologue, I might have been interested in it. Nothing against the kid who plays the, it's a, it's a college professor and there's this, Angsty student, and um, but the whole thing was sort of like um, like a book on tape from the '90s. It was really like, mm. "Ooh, what's going to happen?" But you knew it was going to happen. And they were
0: going to engage in a sexual relationship. No, there wasn't no, it was that. It was all just
1: about like te- like a kind of tension and a, you know. It's but there was a lot of audience address, oh, like you know. It's, uh, uh, I anyhow, it felt. Um, I didn't need it. It wasn't for me, but I think other people enjoyed it. Uh, it was so interesting. I have to, I saw, and then the next night I went to the premiere of Slave Play on Broadway, which I highly recommend. I saw that play at New York Theatre Workshop, and now on Broadway, it's, it was incredible. It's, uh, the new cast member, Jokina mm-hmm. um is... So the way she inhabits Jeremy's rage is so incredible, and it feels like it has allowed the cast from the first iteration to all really step forward into the rage of this writing. So
0: somebody got let go. No,
1: the woman who originally played the lead, um, she uh, uh, passed on... Continuing to do the project, She's got movies or something. I think that she, I think so. Okay. Um, Law I, and I'm, Order. I'm I'm not. Can you imagine? I'm <laughs> not. I I don't I don't know the full ins and outs of it all. Um, but uh, this woman, Jardina, I'm saying now, please, may she win the Tony. It is, it, and it was a performance, and the entire cast is incredible. It is a show in which i sit really um uh i love i love the play, but i these performances are so incredible, and it's it's a show in which you i've sit thinking like how how is she gonna do this eight shows a week mm. it's um so inhabited, so physicalized, so truthful to um the text, really really beautiful. Uh and then I saw uh, at Bard um uh Gideon Broad Underground Railroad game, which is Jen Kidwell and her collaborator Scott. And uh it is both in Slave Play and in Underground Railroad, it's it is it's looking at these uh the psychosexual dynamics of racism. And um, I mean Baldwin wrote about this not like 50 years ago it's it's some it's not uh something that i'd say it's oh my god what 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 is this now but actually the reframing of it or the looking at it again now in how much uh i think we have hopefully are continuing to wake up in this culture about how racist uh this country is how this country is founded um, is important. And I think there's a lot of people who think they're woke, especially some sort of like liberals, or who think that they're very uh, aware and awake to racism. And what's exciting to me about both Slave Play and Underground Railroad is they have a lot of traps inside of them for those audience members. And so the, uh, those audience members get caught, and um, you can hear it yourself inside of the audience it's, it's it and it functions in these nuanced ways of where someone might laugh in a way that's like that's actually a trap for you to mm-hmm. kind of uncover where you um still have some racism where where you you don't you don't fully get this mm-hmm. and in both of these plays slave plan underground railroad game it's, there's there's so much that the audience is going to feel very uncomfortable and i think it's important because this isn't a time to feel comfortable mm-hmm. there is nothing comfortable about what's happening and what has gotten us to this place and um so it was really i i was i felt really inspired getting to see i mean i'd seen slave play before and um, it's only made me more excited to work with Jeremy. And uh, this
0: is a big turnaround for you on theater.
1: You're having a good theater. Week. It really was. It really was. I had a oh, well, I mean, except except for the first one where I was like, "What is this? And why am I here?" And there was something that was a really interesting thing to sort of think about of of plays that happen on Broadway that are perhaps more for entertainment or for a place for people to experience. um a sense of, uh, I don't know. Like I want, like maybe they want mystery, but they still want to feel relaxed. Like people were really on Broadway. The wine and the sippy cups is just beyond. That's I can't. know. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing because that the at a, the sound inside that the woman sitting a couple down from me was drinking wine in a sippy cup through the whole show and on her phone kind of a lot through the whole show. Um, but then also really wanted to jump up to her feet to do a standing ovation at the end. It was very... Right. People go, they
0: want to have the theater experience, but they don't really,
1: like, they're not actually absorbing anything. Right. I mean, for me, it brought up this thing of why that's not my taste and that whatever, what I'm... I think what I've always been interested in, and it's only becoming more that way, is I want to go to things that do something that I feel have an effect, that do something... That are saying something, that are challenging, that are—that's um, uh, what I want. Okay. I want things that do that do something. You and I, I one for
0: you too. You and
1: I, do, you and I diverge here because okay. I think you can enjoy just a, a really beautiful experience, which I can sometimes. Mm-hmm. We went to City Ballet. We did. We did. And I, I, I really thought about Bartok ballet a lot while while sitting there and Mm -hmm. how much I loved that piece and how much that piece I felt actually dealt with through a lot of abstraction, the complexities of New York City Ballet.
0: Yeah, well, I hope for that dance that when it returns, that what initially challenged critics in a way where they felt somewhat bothered, I hope Mm -hmm. that it, it changes for them. I hope the experience turns into something Uh, more positive, because I think that stage needs to have more works that are that challenging. Otherwise, like, we won't learn anything. We won't expand as viewers, and Pam's piece asked a lot of the viewer, and that's something we didn't experience the other day at New York City Ballet, but we were seeing three Old works. Old works. Very good works. Mm-hmm. Strong works. But not nothing challenging.
1: Serenade, summer space, and PC 2
0: Piano concerto 2. And I guess summer space might be challenging for some people, but as a Cunningham dance goes, it's light fair.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was it was interesting to hear in the audience how it challenged people. Right. You know, people didn't cough during Serenade. Right. And then in summer space, man, oh man, was it like a TB ward up in state theater. People just, just, and that's, it's psychological, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's really that they're having a hard time. What happened
0: at Fall for Dance too with Beach Birds was just. Really? Oh my God. Phones and coughing. Wow. I mean, it's just a rain stick and the sound of the piano with people dancing. (laughs) So it was a true coughing soundtrack.
1: Right, right. And also again this thing of how many people have seen a Cunningham fair at a, in, a, in a more continual way. Right. You know, that makes um you know, that that helps auger their eye. It's an interesting question. I mean, and you brought it up in our in maybe our last episode of how how do we I mean, I think that's the thing of I had two very Um, intense experience, great experiences with seeing theater, uh, educating an audience um, and doing something and having real efficacy. And then I think it's, uh, but you know, there's a lot of art, there's a lot, that's something that I think is generally held in theater. As you know or it has that has a thing to it, whereas I think there's a lot in dance that's about this shouldn't be about anything mm-hmm. there's many uh critics who've written about that or mm-hmm. that it 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 should just be for um
0: aesthetics mm-hmm. beauty
1: mm-hmm. form
0: mm-hmm. yeah, which
1: I really disagree with great because I, there's a labor to dance that is I think so all close to appro- death.
0: Different approaches of making dance can be done well and can absolutely, be done badly. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, and there's and but and there is something to an ice cold formalism that I think also really that can be completely beautiful and but still says a lot. Yeah. And we can think of that in terms of Cunningham and the amount that it takes on the body, and we can think of that in terms of ballet and what it takes on the body and the toll of that and its discussion and labor. Um, wow, yeah, what was the heavy stuff? Well, you and I read things in it, in it with a difference yeah. but yeah but and that's what makes this show great
0: i can I can see shows and like not feel that mad about it,
1: yeah, I, but you I've, don't have the patience for it, uh-uh, not anymore, yeah. no, we're all gonna die, so I'm yeah. really I'm kind of like i but i do, but I would have the patience if some things um uh funny uh-huh. i like that i like funny funny we is like great funny. i um, went to
0: well well speaking of funny yeah i went to i went to three fall for dances uh uh-huh. three
1: well better that's work. a lot yeah it's
0: a lot that's more than more than ever perhaps huh. and the most recent one i saw was with kim brant and sam rack and we mm-hmm. had a lovely date night and um what was our show it was beach birds mm-hmm. with coughing
1: that's a good name for it. Beach Birds with coughing is so <laughs> is so amazing. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. yeah,
0: presented by the you know the Robert Swinston France Company. Mm-hmm. And that was that was fine. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a I think it's a dance that fares better on film. Mm-hmm. Anyways, great costumes.
1: Great costumes. Marsha
0: Skinner, thank
1: you. Hello.
0: Um. Then they did. Oh, then um, um, Alicia Graf Mack, who's the Dean of Dance at Juilliard, Mm -hmm. did a dance. She did a dance, and I wish I could remember the choreographer. I should have really scoured my program more carefully. It was was from the 60s, a la Revelations. It was like Mm. liturgical, spiritual kind of dance when she had a long white dress and a very wide bow in her hair, a very wide ribbon, which I thought was infantilizing. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not here for a very wide bow unless we're commenting on age. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> well, when you say that, I didn't see this dance, but I immediately thought of uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane.
0: Exactly. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm writing a letter to Daddy. Go on. <laughs> I wish that <laughs> that's when Fall for Dance has me. Come on.
0: And then this is. I'm saying mm. all this because it's going to segue into our guest.
1: I can't our wait. So, oh, uh, that's right, and I have another way to segue into our guest from the opening of Safeway. Oh my! Oh, I can't well, imagine. so I'll let you finish, and then so I'll, the third then I'll dance
0: in. was the Mad Boots Boys um, doing what they do, which is I'm not I'm here for it actually, which is like gay aggro emo romance slash camp and irony because Whoa. it was like two boys with like boxing tape on their hands. Uh-huh. And sort of like angrily doing contemporary dance in like a very stark space, and then but to um, Shirley Bassey singing from West Side Story, oh, that's and fun. then Judy Garland singing yeah. "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Yeah, yeah, great. And then at the end, the boys sort of circle each other while taking off their tape. Uh-huh. They're hugging each other while taking off their tape, and then they kiss, and it's nice.
1: It's nice. Huh? <laughs> it's nice. I I I
0: liked it. I've also seen pieces of theirs that are like also gay agro emo duets with. Boys running around with machine guns and glitter and stuff. It's good. Fun. Yeah, I think it's good.
1: Okay, and then finally,
0: and finally we get to our goose, and it was a star vehicle piece for Robbie Fairchild, Stella abrera Rodesky, and our guest. What, do I say the name now, or do I? Yeah, say, it say it name. Now? Gabe Stone Share, oh, and Gabe by Sonia Taye, who's now being very famous on yeah. Broadway. Moulin Rouge, honey. And I'm, let me tell you what, these dancers really did it up.
1: And well, our, Sonia
0: asks a lot
1: from, from the dancers.
0: And also, like. they did it, they are just so incredible.
1: What, and they um, had it with, and I was really bummed to miss it. I was out of town during this, but I, had met, I met Moses,
2: who the did the
1: music at the premiere of Slave Play. And mm-hmm. we had a whole talk about uh, what he's, his interest in dance right now and... Um, uh, and then he said he was doing music for this uh, for a Sonia Thai piece. And then we were texting him the next day. And then I was like, Oh, wait, you're in rehearsal with because I because Gabe had posted on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, you're in rehearsal with Gabe, who I'm gonna see next week. Say hi. Hello.
0: Oh my gosh. Gabe, welcome. I just said dance you. Well, you're about to do a lot more dancing.
2: Yeah, yeah. it so is what's, about what's to start happening this week. This week this week, actually, uh, our fall season is opening on Wednesday. Who's our? Our American Ge- Ballet Theater dancer, oh. Gabe Stone Share. Opens. opens.
1: Opens. I mean, well, M Queen, you are clipped. Um, that is for sure. I feel like it's one of the first conversations <laughs> I ever had with you was, I was like, I feel like we did have this conversation. Where I was like, you are so flexible. Mm. It is
2: crazy. It's
1: not my fault. It. I mean, it's just how you are. Right? I it is no.
2: It was the Russians. Really, that's right. They pushed you into this place. Oh, they pushed me into every position.
0: Really? Yes. yes. And are you paying the price now? Are you having some arthritis? Actually,
2: okay? no. I feel no. great. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I feel wonderful. And yeah. that's
0: how it works. Yeah. yeah. Well, if
1: if if you're if you're blessed, I'm um, blessed. wait blessed. so. And what was, it, for for those who don't know you, talk through your training a little bit. Yes,
2: okay. So, born and raised in Philadelphia, um, I went to school at a few small smaller ballet schools, The Russian teachers. Uh, I worked with them pretty much my whole life until I left Philadelphia, and I went to the rock school at the same time. After that, uh, age 14, 15, um, I moved to Moscow. Wow. And trained at the Bolshoi Ballet Academy. How did that happen? Wow. Like, yeah. how did that happen? So, um, if people are um, versed on what ballet dancers do during the summer, if you're a student, I did a summer intensive, the Bolshoi Ballet Academy. Teachers came to New York, blah, 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 eight weeks, six weeks, something, um, and the director came and scouted me and essentially invited me to come full time to the school. Oh,
0: that's so scary. Yeah.
2: How did you feel
1: at that time? Were you like, um, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, it was like,
2: oh my God. Yeah. This yeah. is, oh my God. Well, and because of,
1: and at that point you had really felt that it's ballet was where it's, you wanted to go.
2: I chose ballet, uh, solely ballet when I was, uh, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, like I started with everything, as as, right. as kids do, and and then I started focusing on Horton, um, just because that's what was available. Like There was some, a little bit of ballet, and then it, I went to a studio that was um, Horton and Graham based, and I only ever took one Graham class. You and know I, that I know being I, Graham is a oh real, it's a, it's a deep issue, I, grab a tissue, I, I have a wish lot to I say could. about it. I wish I could. Now we, can moment, we can have a moment. We can have a moment,
1: and that's not true. We I can have a moment in a studio and can go through. A few I mean, I
2: can, I can contract, but I can release. Sure.
1: Um, no. You absolutely. <laughs> can. You have a lot of spinal extension.
2: There so, it. so you're there, right? And then yes. at nine, you were like, I'm, "I'm." I was like, "This is it's ballet." I mean, I, I have to give props to my mom. She was like, "Okay, you should focus on ballet because I mean, that's what every parent hears if they're really doing the research. Ballet is right. the base of everything. Right? If he can do that, he can go." Anywhere and do Horton if he wants to. Right. Um, so she was like, "You should do this." I was like, "All right." I started working with that uh, the Russian teacher at the school, and and I was like, "Wow, this is wow. I love this." There's something about the difficulty, the the constraint on your body, the, the, everything that's so difficult, but the beauty that you can express through all that like torture. <laughs> I don't know. This is <laughs> like a masochistic. Uh, it's probably like a bunhead ballerina thing, but it's like there's this masochistic poetic twist to being so uh, limited in your vocabulary and so mm-hmm. expressive in your, in your body your hmm I think that made sense. Yes. Yeah, I hope that made sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't that know no, 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 if not working. But yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
1: Cool. So, and then when you How old were you t- when
0: you moved to Russia?
1: Fourteen. Fourteen. 14. Yeah, yeah. And then what is this? Cool, like there.
2: Is it a bunch of fourteen year olds? It- um so the school goes from age eight or nine until 17, eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Um, when you, graduate. Do you live in dorms. In dorms. Yeah. Are so no,
0: are you the only non-Russian speaker?
2: No. So there are some um the dorms are for people who don't live directly in Moscow and foreigners, obviously, because we don't have we didn't have any relatives there. Um so, there's a lot of foreigners, a lot of Europeans and Asian um, people. Okay. Uh, I say a lot, but I don't mean a lot. I mean, like, maybe 50. Um, the rest of the school was completely Russian. At the time when I was there, there were two other Americans, one uh, younger dancer, uh, Julian McKay, okay. and Joy Womack.
0: Okay. Yes. And Julian is still there?
2: Julian is now dancing at Mihalovsky Ballet right. in St. Petersburg. Um but yeah, I was I was in a Russian class. All of my classmates were Russian, and then someone else came, another American, the next year. Um, but yeah, everything was in Russian. Do you yeah. speak Russian I speak, then? Now? Read, write, sing in Russian. Wow, nice. so how many
0: years were you there?
2: I was there for, like, two and a half years. I, I say three because it's easier, but um, I, like, came back and did some time at the rock school again, and then I went back to Did Russia. you
0: prepare by doing, like, lessons before you went, or you just had to kind of yeah. figure it out?
2: I mean, it was my first real attempt at another language, so I kind of, like, watched some YouTube channels and, like, uh, like memorized phrases, but, like, applying it was so different, and it was, yeah, I... I I tried a little bit, but uh, really being immersed in it was what helped me learn it. Wow. Yeah. And I had to learn it really, really quickly because they're not forgiving there. <laughs> wow. And, all, yeah. and class was all in Russian. Everything was in Russian. Yeah. But your
0: academics?
2: I did cyber school. So I Sorry, I failed to say that. Um, when Halfway through eighth grade, uh, I left school, academic school, uh, to go to the rock school all day and have coaching, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so... My mom moved me into a cyber school that was attached to a Pennsylvania um, high like school. Wow. school.
1: Is that like Skype class?
2: Um, no, <laughs> I mean that's that's a possibility. They, it, there's there's a lot of cool options there, but um, I really did it just for the convenience. Right. Um, it's like all like online teaching yourself, open right. a book, right. which is also awful and horrible, right. and yeah, I hated it. But yeah. it also facilitated my life. So. And
0: you got all the way through high school that way. So yeah, right.
2: yeah, I, I graduated early. Because of it, which was great. Wow. Wow. I did fudge through a Spanish class, though, which is, yeah. Were you scared
0: at the Bolshoi School, or were you having a great
2: time? I had such a great time. I mean, I feel like I was at the age where any challenge was, like, it egged me on. I was like, this is amazing. Like, no one's speaking to me. I have to, like, work my way to, like, get people's friendship. And I don't There's a lot of weird, I don't know, I guess. What sign are you? I'm Scorpio.
1: Oh, I love Scorpios. I just <sighs> met
2: another Scorpio
1: over the weekend. I feel like I'd keep chatting with them. They're they're great. What was the food
2: like at the Bullshit's? Oh god, no. <laughs> that was awful. Oh no. It was um so just picture like like meat. Yeah. Meat. Well just like any school lunch and then make it Russian and then make it like really, really cheap. It was like Un, undecipherable like slabs oh, right. of meat with like juices and there's oh, like God. they like recycled some of the stuff that you'd see like bread and like cheese and something for lunch one day and then the next day for dinner there'd be some like blended cheese soup that like looked like vomit right um, it's the bread and cheese from yeah. yummy yeah some yeah, milk yeah, and yeah, water yeah <laughs> it was hard before but we wet it so yeah yeah, yeah. wow it was gross okay so that's sad. and who were your yeah. friends Friends. I have, I mean, I have a lot of Russian friends now. Um, yeah, they're all, I mean, they're all, um, but they're all there. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: When was the last time you were there?
2: In Russia? Yeah. About two years ago. For? Yeah. Uh, fun. Just for fun? Yeah. Slash, teach, uh, slash working with my teacher. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I mean, like I go for my mom under the guise of I'm getting coaching, which is true. Um, but then I also get to see my friends and hang out and renew my language skills.
0: Is your mom in Philadelphia? Yeah. Does she come see you perform all the time?
2: Yeah, she's just here actually for all for dance.
0: Oh right. Yeah. So, how, what was your trajectory into American Ballet Theatre?
2: So, um, I'm I have one of those birthdays as a Scorpio um, where you're it's your birthday soon, 28th of October. Mm. I know I'm a cusp.er I cusp. I um, cusp Anyway, um, Tourette's. <laughs> That's fine. That's what podcasts are for. Exactly. Just so you know. Good. For yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have one of those birthdays where either you're the youngest in the class or the oldest, youngest in an older class, oldest in the younger class. Mm-hmm. And in Russia, I ended up being the youngest in the older class. So I graduated when I was seventeen. You're supposed to graduate when you're eighteen. Uh, they were going to invite me back for another year. They were going to call it, like, a year of excellence, whatever. And mm-hmm. I maybe transitioned into going to the Bolshoi or some mm-hmm. Russian company or Europe, which was... And had you thought that that might be something you might want? But that was my plan. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, Bolshoi, of course, was, like, the epitome. Dream. Mm-hmm. The dream. Um, the dream. You really wanted to dance on that raked stage. Oh, yeah, after I got used to it. Um. Um, but, no, the the Bolshoi, the director at the time, invited me to audition... Um, when I graduated, and he was like, okay, so you're going to go back to the school for a year, um, and we'll figure out your papers because we want to make this work. Because by the end of the, my time there, I was is like... Is this, the director
0: the, at this point, is it Sergey? Sergei, Sergei Feeling Is yeah. before the drama. Yes,
2: before all the drama. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, um, I found myself kind of uh, not having anything to do during the summer. I remember I knew Franco DeVita, the director of the um, JKO, school at American Ballet Theater, called him up, and I was like, hey, can I, like, come to the summer intensive? And he was like, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah whatever. I took... Listeners, just yeah. so you know,
1: J-K-O is Sorry. Jackie Kennedy Onassis School.
0: Of American Ballet Theater. Yeah.
1: It's yes. their training yeah. school. It's yeah. It is
2: our training school. Um, and then uh, Kevin McKenzie watched a class, and that was it. And he was and you like, were... you... Did you do studio company? Yeah, so I did uh, five months of studio company, and then they called me into the company. Great. Right. Yeah. So you weren't like,
0: should I do this or should I go back for my year of excellence?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was like a job offer right off the bat, and right. um, yeah, it, it was a really really tough decision because I wanted to go back. Um, I can't. Yeah, I don't know what happened.
0: Do you have? Do you have regrets or do you think yes. what if? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we all do. Full
1: full yes. But is that something that
2: but isn't guessing possible? Guessing's possible. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I can live with the regret, but I do have regret about right. not going back just cuz yeah, I uh I don't know, I'm Russian trained, and, and there's something like ingrained in their system that I was very used to. And in a really funny, backwards way, I had culture shock coming into an American company and seeing how people worked and not really vibing with that. Right. But um, you are,
0: you're, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You're working so much with a former Bolshoi director, which yes, is Alexei. Yes,
2: so that was the perk. He, I mean, he knew me through my teacher and featured me a lot. So, like, I can't complain about my trajectory at ABT. Right. So it's not being promoted, Kevin. <laughs> Wait, what we are see you, we see you on you your way. Soloist? I'm yeah. in the core.
0: Yeah,
1: but you're how old are you,
2: Gabe? I'm 25.
0: He's a young man, and at ABT things take a long time.
1: That is true. At ABT things do take a long time. I'm just I, I never know who's in what position. I, I mean, really
0: because they spread us is, out. Jack is shocked. As, I am shocked. As far I, as we know, we only see you do soloist things. I think it's the last time true. we talked, you were
2: like, oh, so. You're like I was. I think I was just disappointed about not getting promoted again. And you're like, oh, like you'll be a principal. And I was like, I'm not. That's right. Yet. That like, is the about, conversation we that we had outside of that theater yes. with James, yes, where yes, I was,
1: yes. where I was like, oh, and you're like, I'm in the core, and I was like, I can't believe it. Yeah. But I also had this conversation with Cassie. forever oh, yes. 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 Where oh. I'd be like, I remember seeing her in a coffee shop, and I was, she was telling me what she was doing this and through the season. Yeah. And I was like. So, you'll be principal. And she's like,
2: I'm still in the core. And I was like, I can't believe it. What's happening? But she's still soloist now. Yeah, yeah, she's a right. soloist now. Right. And yeah, she's doing so well. I, yeah, I... Some people put too much importance on, like, rank and stuff. I... The only reason I really care is because of... For outside work and for... Right. I mean, it, it can sound superficial, but it does carry weight to to have a right. higher status in the company. Of course. Um, And it's also, like, would be respectful of them to give work credit where work is due or whatever. Considering so was, the
1: yeah, roles. Exactly. I mean, considering your castings. Exactly. Yeah. And how much you do to and how much you are, you seemingly anyway really show up throughout the whole, throughout the season. Yeah. I, I haven't like seen you have like big breaks from an injury or et, et cetera. So. Well. But uh, what just are, back from an injury. for our listeners. You like, did.
2: But when you, were you out? So yeah, I was secretly out. Um, <laughs> secretly. To see, some two seasons ago, um, at the, the last week of the net season, um, I tore my ACL. Oof. Yeah, that was not fun. Um, and thankfully, we had the whole summer break. I got right. surgery um, and then went on this like crazy program to get back um, and was back by the following January. So it happened right. in, in July, whatever year that was. And 18. I was back in January 18, yeah. Right. Um, but I came back, and then I did all the same roles that I right. did before. And what
0: are the what are your kind of like now sort of featured roles that are reliably happening at ABT? Yeah.
2: Um, well, this is our fall season, so we're doing like a lot of new work. I'm doing a featured role in Gemma's new ballet, mm-hmm. Gemma Bond, um, and a principal role in bramansky's ballet. Uh, but that's really it for the fall season. It's only two weeks. And
0: then in the full lengths, what kind of things do you do?
2: Um... With what's coming up, I'll be doing Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, which I love, and, mm-hmm. and that's a great thing to do. Um, Peasant Pa and Giselle, Golden Idol and Bider, a, a lot of the soulless featured roles. Bluebird. Bluebird. I was gonna say, as per usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you really get up there. I try to fly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, we f- you're on a trajectory. Yes. It would be silly to run away at
1: this point. Truth. Yeah. Truth. It, it would be. Yeah. And you're so young. It's true. Yeah. In
0: ballet, you're not so young. Yeah, you're
1: true. yes, Thank you. True. So, and then, what is, in terms of when you think about what you want to do in your trajectory, Yes, it it is, obviously, then, like, solo as principle, and then, indeed, hopefully, guesting yes. The Bolshoi. Yes. Seems like the Bolshoi thing that would be copies. your thing. Oh, and what, my question earlier was... And what kind of were were the things that were a sort of a culture
2: shock between being in the Bolshoi and being at ABT? For one, um, how the way people approach taking class or, like, coming to class. So in Russia, um, this is ingrained in use from school. My teacher used to say it's a cardinal sin not to show up to bar a little bit sweaty. So he, would, he taught two classes in a row, um, a younger class and us. Um, and every day before... Uh, like, halfway through their class, he'd peek his head out of the room and want us to be in, like, splits and, like, like pulling our legs in directions and all the stuff. Um, so, it kind of, that, I mean, of course, it changes when you get into a company and taking class with Bolshoi a lot. The company, um, everyone, no one approached class like it was a warm-up. Cl- class was to progress your, your technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came here and people were, like, organically breathing in, like, like, little pie first positions not turned out and, like, hair down, I was like, what, like, am I at a contemporary company? What's happening? I mean, I don't say that now. (laughs) Um, But then, I was, it was just, like, so jarring, because I'd Mm -hmm. been in such an uptight world Mm -hmm. that uh, seeing anything different in these, like, organic grandma clam exercises, I was like, I don't know. What's happening? But I understand it (laughs) now.
0: But, I mean, I have a question about For Dan, I don't know if you know this, but about Dan, like dancers who work in the Bolshoi, what is kind of a physical trajectory for them? Do people yes. get badly hurt, or is it because they're chosen from when they're young and have these amazing bodies that just like it's natural? And they... I feel
2: like that's the majority of the time. Um, they're they've been chosen. They're they're like trained in a really specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to a fault, there's they also don't have room to be as. Uh, versatile as some of the American dancers right. or the dancers here at the American Ballet Theater. Um, and I had, a I was hung up also on the fact that um, people focused on their strengths here. Mm. Uh, very, like almost solely. I mean, not so much anymore, but people would be like, Oh, she's a Turner. She doesn't have to lift her leg or he's a this and mm. he doesn't have to do that. And mm. in Russia, they're like, okay, like expose the crap out of your, What's your worst weakness, weakness your, mm. your weakest point, And like, drill it until you die kind of thing um, yeah it was intense so. <laughs> yikes
0: well I'm glad that you have like perspective in both universes yes That's definitely good.
2: I mean I definitely I I uh, acknowledge that I don't think I'd be who I was if I didn't start in America and have the influence of freedom <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and have like the influence of Freedom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and well, and I think there is something to having, to having these, a, a, a varied upbringing side yeah. of it. And yeah. then also what that means for them stepping into work that is really outside of ballet, like with Sonia, or are there other choreographers yes. outside of the ballet
2: world that you'll, that you're working with or... That's coming up no but i want to there's mm-hmm. something that i want to and and i've uh i've gotten to a point in my age and life and whatever that i feel confident enough to to reach out to people mm-hmm. which i have um i reached out to crystal pipe oh yeah um and i was like because i was thinking about it i was like i don't think she'll ever be commissioned at abt she has a very specific style yeah. blah, blah blah um i was like why don't i just like commission her myself and like ask her to make a solo on me or a duet with me and Cassie. That would be so fun and cool. Um, but she was booked for three years. (laughs) That seems right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your experience being a person of color in Russia?
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, I had a really great time. Um, it, they are naive. They were very naive to, to, didn't understand, um, what my culture was, what my upbringing was, which by the way is very different than a normal black person in America. I'm not really a part of like black culture because i am adopted and my mom's white and I had a very, and I had like a, uh, African nanny who is also my grandmother, who I call my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, again, had a very unique perspective that I, and an opportunity to educate, um, a generation of Russians, um, of course, they, they didn't call me names. They had nicknames for me, which I other people would be offended by. I was not because I knew it was a term of endearment like milk chocolate and, of course, things that aren't appropriate here in America. Mm-hmm. But um, because it's not weighted in racism or it wasn't from the people that I knew and talked to, um, I understood that it was their way of coping with my skin tone. Um, I gave them room for that error because, uh, I felt like, and I feel like even now in the way that I approach racism and all of that type of stuff now, that being adversarial doesn't always get you anywhere. I mean, making a point doesn't have to be adversarial, um, but you can make a point just as strongly in, in, in many other ways. Um, and what I did was I fully embraced their culture. I learned their language. I... Um, not to tap myself in the back, but became <laughs> one of the best in the school. Um, and did all the main roles there my whole time, so I could show the people that I, uh, I'm this person. I'm black. I'm American. I'm whatever. But I can also be this and other things. Um, it's it's not solely resting on my cultural background. Um, yeah. So
0: that's a good story. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe. Of course. That's a sensitive question.
2: Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I think it's... I, I mean, there's also a way... I was speaking with um, someone about the... How, who's lived in many places in, in the world and uh, her experience of really finding
2: it uh, the most difficult here in America. In America, truth. Yeah. I feel like it's... its That's, that's another thing. It's... Uh, it's harder to talk about here. Like, at least in Russia, I mean, I I joke about this to people because they're like, it's so racist, blah, blah, blah. i like, there's racist racism everywhere. Right. Um, but if you're not willing to, like, put it on the table, be like, your skin is white. Right. Or, hey, chocolate, and be like, okay, you know, maybe don't say that everywhere. Right. Uh, let's talk about this. Why do you, I mean, um, for me, it turned into like an aesthetic thing. They were just Commenting on my hair or commenting right. i like oh nice sweater like it was it was almost like I liked how normal how they normalized it in a way
0: mm. I mean racism is something we're confronted with here constantly yes and in Russia, I think it's
2: rare that you find people of color exactly I, i've never been there, yeah, that's no. my guess the, i mean it was it's kind of funny um because once once every few months um I'd be like in the snow. Going to the theater with my burka. No, burka. With know, your burka. That's wrong. <laughs> your parka. My parka. There it is. Um, and there would be, like, some a black guy. And he'd see me. And he'd be like, hey. Like, like with his eyes, he'd be like, whoa, like you're here, we're here, what's up mm-hmm. Like, wow. um, and more often than not there were like Sudanese uh, refugees who mm. went to like art school or tech school in Russia because um, they found asylum there um, but yeah, that was it was funny <laughs> we'd always have like some sort of weird connection, um, even though we were completely culturally different right So Interesting.
1: yeah, well and I think there is, I mean and just I don't know, I feel like it's only just reiterating what I talked about earlier, which is just that I think that there's many people who, at least here in this country, who didn't see or understand their racism, partly by, I think, a kind of... This other thing that I think is naive of uh, saying, well, I, I just don't see color, mm-hmm. or, you know, this that thing around this idea of um, colorblindness, and the way that that then erases a whole history of violence that happened to people that you are not taking into account yeah. and your privilege. Yeah. And I think that that sort of but again, I don't that's not the it isn't the it isn't for the person who's gone through the trauma to educate the people who don't understand the trauma. Exactly. It's the people who are in privilege to, edu- to get educated. Yes. yes. So, you know, I think that's uh that's where it, it really does get complex, especially in this liberal setting here. Truth truth states.
0: What are your feelings around um being like a new generation of, of dancers of color in American yeah. ballet theater in American companies? Is it is it tedious to you to get mm. the kind of attention because of that, or yeah. is it something that you are excited
2: about? So when I first joined ABT, I, I really didn't want anything to do with any sort of um, advocacy or or um, or anything to do with uh, racism or black culture because I I had no trouble with it growing up, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like I was in a, in a place in the mindset. That was very healthy, and and again, similarly mm-hmm. to what you're saying, I didn't feel like I wanted to educate anyone. Right. I felt like it wasn't my responsibility, and it's, it's it's fallen upon me at this point where I feel like it is my responsibility because of my position. Um, and I, now I like it, and now I'm I want to speak up for it, and, and I want to um, create. Um, I want to create art about it, and and uh, do all the things. Um, but it definitely wasn't at first my choice. But I do have a lot of ideas. I also think that that's, I mean, and that's a, but that's a very,
1: especially when I think of dancers and actors or people who perform roles inside of other people's work and how that also works when you're younger. Yeah. And the difference of moving into adulthood and this thing around responsibility. Yes. And that if I don't do something, then it doesn't happen. And this idea of, you know, well, if you want the change, you'll have to do, have it. To do it. And I think that that, I mean, for me, when I was younger, the idea of um, uh, queer advocacy and and being more and more outspoken about that, I mean, I my acting career was like still when people were and I mean people are still closeted yeah but even at that time when I began professionally I was encouraged by people in the industry to try to be closeted and I was like I it won't work queen <laughs> I was like okay well I'll try but, Oh, will never know okay sure they'll never guess I'll just <laughs> slick my hair back and get some stubble <laughs> um yeah so And then I, I think that that, that that's also a real turn too of where, you know, as you are, you're, you're not even in your Saturn return yet and yet already. And I, it's so, it's really something that I feel always is really beautiful in this, in the students that I work with who are 18 to 21 of actually how much more, uh, present to the whole, violence of this thing they are than my generation was at their age yeah and there is this thing where I don't like I've said it on here before that children are the future and uh it seems especially as you are continuing to step into more of it, your power yeah which is I think always this thing that happens for and I, again it's where I find it very similar with dancers and actors mm-hmm. people who are like well you just do this role like it's on you, and you do it right. Yeah. And it's like, but where is your agency? Yeah. And as you step into that, that's when all your agency starts to kind of
2: yes get bigger. I feel like I'm in that moment right now where it's it's switching. Where I'm like, I can't keep relying on other people and following their path because I I this is not how I believe it should be. Right. And and right. I have to pay the path that I think it the way that I think it should go. Right. Um, well, and, and that's your in my path. way exactly. Um and it's my message, but it's also I hope I hope because everyone hopes, um as an artist trying to be trying to be known and and have your work known, I hope that it's so relatable that it changes someone or it makes right. people understand or feel. I'm actually working on a project right now. Can you talk about it? I can talk about parts of it. Okay. And um so possibly actually I'll just whatever, I can say things. Um <laughs> If you can... I can, I can. Okay, great, yeah, great. If you no, can't, then no you just let us know and we'll, and yeah, we'll yeah. put it on the, we'll we'll the, the B-roll. We'll so uh, the Met Museum, mm-hmm. um, they uh, might be commissioning me to choreograph an on-site ballet. My idea for it was to, um, and I've been wanting to do something similar to this anyway, was to choreograph an African narrative. Um, because in so many ballets, they're very Anglo-centric, German princes, and, and, and I'm not... Beyond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I have been told in by people, I won't name any names, um, in subtle ways that I don't look like a prince. Yes. What? Yeah. So... So...
1: Normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's so, I the mean, way of like, I want to get back to this, but I yes. mean, just even when we went to go to New York City Ballet, looking at that cast, yeah. looking at all of the cast in there, it was just, it's just, it's like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Especially for our companies that are here in New York City, yeah. that is supposedly the melting pot of... All international cultures. And this is right. not reflective. It is not yeah. reflective. It no. is highly reflective in terms of whiteness. Yes. Under lights. Truth. Truth. <laughs> really? I mean, American Ballet Theater does a little bit better of a
0: job I fully in terms agree of representation with that. Yes. of like I fully they agree have with more that. international people. Yes. More Asian representation. Yeah. yeah. Truth, yeah. Truth. It's a little different. I mean, New York City Ballet is um, exceptionally white they are making some efforts but it's slow
1: they yeah, need to speed it up they do um anyhow so people have
2: uh have said that outright like, said um, yeah i mean that verbatim like you are not this but it was it's um with many many subtleties and nuances in <clears throat> in their language pretty much said um you are not tall enough um slender enough white enough Blonde enough, kind of. I mean, essentially. Um, and so, with that, um, I wanted to create an African narrative where I, there's so many twists and turns that I want to uh, put into it so that it, it makes a big uh, impact. Um, more so than just a black story. I want some a woman in charge. I want there to be a gay relationship. I want there to be so much in it. But also, I had a slightly... I don't know if it's racist idea, but um, another impactful thought that with the costuming, I'd have all of the white cast members, which probably there'd be a lot of, because if I'm using ABT, that's, I mean, depends on how big the cast is, um, cover their hair and have all of the black cast do what they wanted with their natural hair. Mm. Um, just to kind of make a point about I mean, I've been given, had so many talks, too, about my hair, which so annoying. So, so, so annoying. Um, anyway, back to the project. And we'll get, we'll get, we'll get on to the, the hard stuff, but the project, Naomi Campbell <clears throat> might be helping with the costumes.
1: Oh, my God. But I love that. She's trying to
2: make African Vogue happen. uh uh-huh. um, Work with textiles to help the economy in Africa. Yeah. And... Um, I would love to use one of their designers. That would and be so great. By proxy, uh, be best friends with Naomi Campbell. Yeah, and be yeah, and, that's, and so, so that's important. So that's, and that's, and be best so that's with the whole own. point that's of the whole I thing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is
1: really. Uh, it is this thing that is that I think it's the the challenge of, um, these historic forms that these uh anglo-saxon like beyond uh like glaringly white historical forms it's a real thing of what do we what do we do with that you know i feel
0: and interestingly a lot of these sort of old ballets a lot of them that american ballet theater does regularly there's there's sometimes even a little bit of discussion about Asia or the Middle East, but really Africa is a hundred percent omitted from yeah. all of these stories. Yeah. There's no, there's not even like a, a racist divertisement
2: about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely not there at all. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wanted to shed light on that, and and also shed light on the real. Um, empires that existed in, in Africa, too, Right. because um, so people don't aren't really educated about that. Right. But also, I, I learned a term recently, um, unconscious bias, mm-hmm. which I feel is very prevalent in, in, in my company and in, in my field, um, where I, I feel like, I, of course, I get mad about things and, and what people say, but I feel like I can't really fully blame them, which is not right. It's just like an internal strife. I can't fully blame them because they just don't know that they're being racist. They don't know that saying, like, wear your hair more naturally, they don't know what that means for me. They don't know that that's not the right thing to say to me. They don't know that I'm mixed, like, with with Norwegian and African and my hair can straighten and fall normally or be curly. Like, it's just they're not educated. They don't understand it. And instead of asking, which fault well, this Falls upon them and educating themselves, they, they just uh, are on an autopilot and, and react to. What
1: yeah, they well, feel. and unfortunately, a lot of people en général are mm-hmm. on autopilot. True. And they behave in the way that uh, they feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is this thing around waking up right. and waking up to the ways in which. Um uh how how you talk or how you behave uh can have zones of abuse and tenors of violence and um you know, and, and we're in this time that's also where everything is so weaponized. Yes, where it's so weaponized in every direction, but I think it's also unfortunately um in some cases made people solidify harder into their ideas of self.
0: But I do think, especially in ballet in America right now, there is, we're in the middle of what will be a huge shift. Yeah. Because now with the departure of Peter Martins and then the inevitable soon departures of Helgi and Kevin and Mm -hmm. these people who've been in their positions for so many years who are, this is, and I think about this often. I think our 70 year old people, are, should we be putting our faith in them as the leaders of artistic organizations? And I I don't think that 70-year-old people are without wisdom. And then I start to think, like, all, all these people running for president are 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what what does this mean that we're a country run by people who have, I think, who struggle with ideas of newness and change because they've been well, around specifically- for so long? Well,
1: specifically... Older, straight, white men. That's right. Who have a very who have a very lived privileged life mm-hmm. by simply being in uh, the the body with the sexual orientation that is the one that it has is uh, gets it all like and that, that yeah. is like really. Valida- has been continually validated and has had a whole world built for it by it
0: and though they may be surrounded with advisors being like we should try this change that mm-hmm. it do- it's i think very ch- hard for them to understand and change so i think there is a time coming very soon when leadership in these major ballet companies will be taken back by a younger generation yeah. with a more um what am i trying to say with like a more adventurous voice, with like
1: a braver voice, yeah, like or that we could things. say this contemporary, yeah, exactly. and that actually isn't living in colonialist, racist, <laughs> misogynistic, yeah. rape culture. Yeah, I mean, it is also really difficult, and I, and I think it's something that, um, I mean, I I certainly struggle with it in, in watching ballet of the misogyny inside of it as well. That is just. And these ideas of who partners who and all of that, and again, you know this, there's also a swath of people who are dead because of AIDS, and a lot of those people were pushing this through. It's not you know, yes, we can look at Mark Morris and be like, "Oh wow, well, there's someone who was doing that." but a lot of people were pushing for, mm. uh, for gender neutrality and right. um,
0: and they didn't make
1: it. no. No. so And not only did they die, but also the critics right. died, and the yeah. audience members died, and the funders died. And that, what we were left
2: with. And, and then we were left with what we were left with. Yes. I mean, that's a big thing. I, I feel like there's a big like a circle of life there, existing um, pattern where we're doting upon the people who want to see what we put on. Which is this misogynistic right. white view of everything, right? So they love it. Yeah, that still has this real dances it. for the
1: king feeling, really. Like, exactly. Like it really, yeah. you know, it's it still has this um, real spectacle and and women being thrown around and yeah. men uh, doing a double tour. I mean, the reason exactly. they
0: continue to love and love and love it is because they're not being challenged. Is because right. they continue to be you know, pandered to. It's like, oh, you like this thing? You're going to pay to see this thing? We're going to show it to you every year for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to.
1: Yeah. No, well, as people, I think, you know, and frequently this is a thing around uh, a fear around a subscription audience. And I'd love it if those
0: people would stop coming to the ballet and coughing and not understanding how to use their phones. It'd be great. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: To be able to really watch, to be able to watch the belly instead of someone talking all the way through it or, yeah. or unwrapping, or, unwrapping their taffy. That yeah. one time when we went and that was happening. So, I mean, and I think, and then what is, what's interesting or exciting about all of this yeah. is that, uh, is that it, it will change. It's just inevitably going to change because yes. that's how time works. Truth. Yeah. And soon
0: will be the people with the taffies.
1: Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> um, I, no, I've I've never ever had a candy in a theater or in a movie. I don't. I lo- I want me and Isabella Hupeard. We, we want dead quiet. Yes. And watching. I want to just don't even watch. breathe. Don't even. I do frequently hold my breath actually watching things because oh, I, I feel I so invested. I. I don't unless it's a movie that's meant to be talked through. Scary. <laughs> um, One scary. Yeah, like a scary movie. Uh, that's exciting about that project, Gabe, yeah. and I think that um, I I hope that now that we've said it on this podcast, there it has to happen. Because we are manifesting no, no, I, it, and in, I, and I the,
0: hope that your career bridges this transition, and I that hope so. you know things really do have visible change during your professional
1: career. I really hope so as yeah. well. Yeah. It has felt. I mean, it has felt that. It also is this thing of, um, and I, I, don't know. It's uh, this. It, it has felt like six steps forward, five steps back. Like I continually feel that I, I will be exposed to or presented with something that feels like it actually is contemporary, and that there, that audiences are being able to withstand uh, more and more multifaceted and avant-garde work. Yeah, and then. I will see something that is like 30 years old, except written now, happening mm. all over again for just uh-huh. uh, a, a majority, or what is assumed to be a majority audience that wants a straight white narrative. Gotta right. say, just and you wait till our next
0: season. season.
1: <laughs> In a bad way. Oh, really? Mm. That's really hard. It sucks.
0: That's- that is. It sucks. I mean, that's really hard. Making progress in these big, rich ballet companies is difficult and slow because they're beholden to
2: their board and to the old, old audience. And yes, I, yes, and no. I've I've actually gotten to peer into into uh, the process and how how all this comes to be because we we recently had started these new things called the salons where we can like sit right. down with our executive director, our director, and all these other people and ask them very candid questions. And I was so surprised that, like, when it comes to commissioning a new ballet, um, someone said, I can't have a narrative and just give it to a choreographer. The choreographer can choose. So that's why I give Ratmansky so much license. I'm like, okay, well, on Broadway and every other field, the project exists and then they pull in the choreographer or they pull in this person hmm. last minute. If we don't want a misogynistic story, choose the story, beep, story, yeah. and then tell him to do it. Like, I mean, that's your... That's or your, find the appropriate choreographer. Or fi- exactly, find right. the appropriate choreographer, someone with a vision that isn't that. Right. Right. You know? Sorry, I got all angry. No, no,
1: you I, I, I well, your I'm, anger is yeah, important. Yeah.
2: And I share
1: your anger. Yeah. Because I do not... I don't see it, uh, ballet, and even frequently a lot of uh, more lauded contemporary dance. Uh, I mean, we can even look at Cunningham in this way of where is, uh, where is any representation outside of a straight white narrative? And so then who is this for? So then is it just for those people? Yeah. And then um, leave me alone.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a real, it's a, It's a thing of, and it's, you know, to circle back to what I talked about in the beginning. It was what also felt so exciting about seeing a play like Slave Play on Broadway. Yeah. Where it felt incredibly challenging and really um, to, and actually meant to challenge the audience. Yeah. And to really make them interrogate themselves, everyone inside of there, because it's, and I've said it on this podcast before, I know a very, well-known producer who has said, you know, art walk money walks in and art walks out because it's this thing around investments and safe investments. Safe investments. And, and we see that so frequently, even in terms of something that's viewed as experimental. And I've said it on this podcast before, where it's very like conservative experimental. Yeah. I think
0: like these safe investments in, in relative to American ballet theater, at least like don't at least in recent years pay off.
1: I mean, right. Yeah.
0: For Kevin to say, like, he's starting a women's initiative is great. It's a nice idea, but then it's absolutely cosmetic when you're then bringing in Kathy Marson, who's already made a dance, to then set this dance, Jane Eyre, which was an American flop, and then it's like, uh-oh, what happened? And you're like, well, I know exactly what happened. You didn't take a real chance. You didn't make something new. You are, again, just making another hetero-white story. Right. You could have had Pam Tanowitz making something challenging and abstract, Mm -hmm. and you didn't allow it to happen. Yeah. Because you were too afraid of something new.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: So anyways, you didn't Mm -hmm. have to say it, Gabe. We would say it for you.
1: Thank you. More than than happy to say it to (laughs) you you again. And I think it'll also, you know, and it's a thing of what will be interesting and exciting to see for us and in our generation is not only uh in terms of the the makers the audience the critics how how will it work together in terms of actually people who are able to who are actually interested in something outside of their limited purview yeah i feel like that they feel very comfortable in because they themselves are history yes ooh
0: and on that, I, that now, was
2: that was the that was the thing. That was Gabe, like,
0: do you have any parting words?
2: for that? <laughs> Well, no. Oh, I, wow, you wrapped it up so well. I'm just I was just gonna say, um, I feel like it. These works like Slave Play, and and hopefully my work will be amongst things that people we know are noteworthy. Thank you. I really um, do, um, and I like want things it for you. like Hamilton, even though I really don't love Broadway really didn't like Hamilton. Sorry, everyone. Oh, no. Um, but, <laughs> don't, but. Don't apologize to us. Good. <laughs> but I um, I went with um, American Ballet Theater donors because it was like American Express, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, something quick. And I was sitting next to these these people that I was supposed to be entertaining. I'm a whore. It's okay. Um, <laughs> There's a, I mean, and it's, it's like, look what happened
1: to Nijinsky. Exactly. It's like, as long if it's. The the donors, the thing around donors,
2: and this is, I can't but, get into that right now. But I like how they, I mean, I do like what they did with Hamilton, right. with the colorblind yeah. casting, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then these donors from Connecticut um, were like, oh, this is our sixth time we know the raps. I'm like, wow. okay, like I it was I was so irked, so irked, but also I was like, okay, you're kind of like getting some of the culture and you're like... Maybe understanding that like a song doesn't have to be just this; it can be rap. But like, I really hate this situation right now. But it was—it it is like them peering into culture, a culture that they haven't given a chance, and them having a further understanding because we put it in digestible words for them, um, which is what I hope to do as well. That's.
0: I think you should challenge
1: people even more than that. Yes, you can do that. Be a cultural translator. Well, and, and I think that that's the thing of. Uh, and again, and I, I feel like I keep like circling back on slave play, but it's, it, it takes a lot of risks yeah, and it asks a lot and, um, it is, and I, it is being celebrated because of that. Yeah. And so I actually think that our, that our zones of safety or wanting everyone, wanting everyone to love us doesn't always work out either. Yeah. And, uh, and in fact, it's impossible. And so I remember once hearing from another producer, like, when you make a work, think about how many people you want to see it. That was, um, uh, fuck, I'm forgetting her name, but, uh, she had worked on Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And I think there is an interesting thing of thinking about, of, yes, thinking about that. Okay, well, then maybe you are going to, maybe you're going to have to uh, figure out how to do that, uh, which might mean editing or, um, uh, I talked about this in a recent episode in terms, there's a book called Psychoanalysis and Performance where he talks about if you want a lot of people to see it, you're going to have to dumb down the content mm-hmm. so you don't um, irritate anybody because yeah. as soon as they feel irritated, they might check out. But I think that there are other ways. I still, and I, and the reason I think that is because films have been doing it forever.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Films
1: have been pushing the boundary and people flocking to them and I, I think that live art can can step back into its full power
0: and Gabe we're so happy you didn't stay in Russia so you could come here I am here so happy you didn't stay in Russia and actually Dave. inspire change Thank and us. be a part of like a more complicated conversation yeah, yeah. and um we're glad that you you're feeling engaged
2: I uh, yeah I I'm, I'm I'm appreciating it more and more I did however want to make a big splash just with my presence in a in a Russian company to prove to America hey they did it. I <laughs> right. believe you can do it. You say they're three hundred years behind, but right. here yeah. I am. Anyway. Right.
0: You already you made it you made some splashes in Russia and you'll continue to make more. So yeah.
1: Say goodbye, yeah. Gabe. Goodbye,
2: Gabe. <laughs> goodbye, Gabe. <laughs> All right, ladies Sorry, and another. <laughs> We love you. <laughs>